Geocache Talk Podcast is sponsored by FTF Magazine. FTF Magazine can be found at ftfgeocacher.com and by IB Geocaching Supplies. The best site for geocoins, cache containers, and much more can be found at ibgeocaching.com and by Cashly. Cashly is the foremost geocaching app and can be found at cashly.com. Please make sure and let these fine sponsors know that you appreciate their support of the show. Hey, everyone. It's time for the Podcast of Hope, hour number four. Whether you're at work, in the car, wherever you are, we hope you enjoy this special holiday show. Please give it a like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play so that you can get all the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. Big thanks to the Travel Bugs for the music. And my patrons, Doug Jones, Joshua and Caleb Slinkard, Tom Brotherman, Jeff Arbaugh, <laughs> Deborah Burris, Joshua Johnson, Nick Hubbard, Andrew Tiepkin, Cecilia Perez, Sydney Sawyer, Valena Mahar, and my new patrons, Jane Jewell, Dana Pugach, Memphis Mafia, there they are, Woo-hoo. Craig Michelle, and the Geo Gearheads. If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash talk. For more details, patrons get path tags, coins, and other geocaching swag during the year, as well as invites to special events only for patrons. Support levels start at as little as $3 a month. This year, the Podcast of Hope selected St. Jude's as its charity. St. Jude's life-saving mission of finding cures for children battling cancer and other life-threatening diseases. We need your help to reach our fundraising goal of $1,500 for the end of the special eight-hour all-star podcast. If you'd like to be a part, head on over to our event page, which I have in my lower third, but also let me just tell you what it is. It is events.stjude.org slash talk. And I'm going to give you an update on where we're at. Also, I want to mention that if you can't give during this or if you're listening to the show during the week and you want to give, that event page will be av- will be available, so do not feel like you have been left out. So um, that uh, site will be up, and you can give uh, even if you cannot give this evening. So we are now up to dun, 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 let's give an update on the tote board here. <clears throat> five hundred and five dollars toward our fifteen hundred. So yay! yay. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for that, and uh, we'll just keep you up to date as we go. We are uh, exactly a third of the way uh, along, so um, so we're going to jump right into show number 26, hour number four, for Sunday, December 4th, as I welcome my friends, Deborah Burris again is back, a.k.a. Doc Firewoman, and... Jesse and Christy Lunsford, a.k.a. Memphis Mafia, to the show. Welcome to hour number four of the special podcast of Hope. Yay. Yay. Thanks for having us, Gary. Oh, you bet. And what's interesting is that um, as I was uh, starting to put all all this together and um, trying to decide, and I had some some really good suggestions, but Christy is the one who suggested to us um that we do saint jude's and it, it i think it's worked out great so i really appreciate your suggestion of that 
I'm so glad you decided to support them. Um, you know, I worked for St. Jude as a nurse for four years, and I can definitely um, um, share with everybody that's listening that they are good stewards of the money that folks donate to them. Um, good work is done there every single day. Um, you know, it was usually, um, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, I, I was glad I worked at a particular employer or, you know, that employer was good to have me. But um, everyone I know, including myself, has we've always said it was an honor to work at St. Jude's. It's an absolutely amazing place. And I just appreciate you opening up and um, asking your listeners to support because I know they'll appreciate every every penny that they get. Wonderful. Yes. And uh, I've kind of mentioned uh, early on, I mentioned a couple of items, but uh, I want to take a moment and mention a couple more things that um, I don't think we maybe necessarily think about when we think about when we give to St. Jude's, but uh, we mentioned about parties. We mentioned about the infant mm -hmm. care. Um, a couple of other things is, you know, uh, buying some, some toys for the kids, uh, you know, cr uh, play is an essential part of every child's mm -hmm. life. It's important Absolutely. for the children to have fun and to have, you know, quality things to do while they're there. Um, you know, and, and, you know, one of the great things that St. Jude does is they try to make, uh, you know, make your experience there as normal as it can be, because just like That's you cool. said, I mean, these are still just kids and they extend that not just to the patients they have there, but also to the extent, you know, family members. One of my favorite events that all of us employees used to participate in, in every year was Star Sibling Day, where we honored siblings of the patients oh, at St. Jude, because, neat. you know, their lives are, are turned upside down just as much as the patients in some way because they're leaving their homes and or missing mom or dad or sibling when they're coming there. Um, so, I mean, it's little things, you know, we always hear about all of the life-saving things that St. Jude does, which is amazing and great, but there are also yeah. so many little things that they do to try to support the families as well um, while they're receiving treatment there, which makes it just an incredibly special place. You know, th that is important because, um, you know, for them to even think about the fact that, you know, mm -hmm. you've got these other, uh, uh, you know, the, the other kids are, I mean, are, right. have to be neglected in a sense a little bit because of the fact that you're dealing with the cancer for this child. But, mm -hmm. you know, for them to, to take time to think about that is, is a, just a wonderful, uh, wonderful thing for them to do. Uh, some other things that the money goes to, uh, St. Jude's provides meal cards so that patients and families can enjoy the comfort and convenience of of good nutritious meals in the K cafe. Yeah. K's cafe. It was um, sponsored by K's jewelers. Okay. It's an amazing cafe. I ate lunch there every day. <laughs> um, so they even have um, the little kiddos um, patients can put on chef's hats and make their own pizza or um, there was a gelato bar so they can get ice cream while they're there. And um, it's, it's a beautiful cafe. Oh, neat. That is so awesome. Uh, so, uh, and we'll, We'll talk about some more here in a little bit, but uh, for this hour, we're gonna we're gonna talk about events, and this is kind of an interesting. Uh, I think an interesting topic. I'm glad you guys uh, suggested that we we talked about we talk about this one. I've got in the show notes, and I'm not gonna read them. But if you want to know, if you want a quick reference on how to create an event per geocaching.com, uh, I did put it. I did cut and paste it uh, into the show notes. So there's a spot if you want to find it, or you can go to geocaching.com. Uh, interesting read. Uh, I think that it's been altered over the years, which is probably a good thing. Uh, some changes have been made, but um, let's start uh, with you guys uh, in Loveland, Colorado. Um, 
How many events? This is kind of interesting. I love this. This is kind of like uh, Deborah with her twenty one trees. How many? <laughs> how how many events have you guys put on? <laughs> a lot. Uh, have you gone back and looked? Seventy two. Seventy two yeah. events. That is awesome. Yeah, I looked just before this, just because I wanted to see kind of what we've we've hosted and the different kinds that we've tried. Mm-hmm. And not all of them work out well, but some of them do. Sure. And yeah, seventy two, including the ones that haven't happened yet, but we've already published them. Oh right, yeah, they're <laughs> the on the they're out. on the list. So okay, very cool. Yeah, and so we're going to talk about different different kinds of events. Um, you know, um, for the the seven or eight events I've done, they've all been kind of the same. And I'm, I'm interested then to hear about some other types of events because maybe I, I want to definitely broaden what I've, what I always did or the events I've done and was I've done where I uh, put out new caches. I have people come to a sort of a meet and greet and then everybody goes out and finds, finds geocaches. Now um, we did do one for the duck event. We did do one uh, just straight meet and greet. It was just a get together trade the duck trackables and then everybody kind of went their merry way. But um, obviously you've done some events like that, but what are, what are some other kind of events that come to mind that you've done? Well, and we've, we've talked about it before, but we really like events. So we like to try to do a lot of different types, but events are kind of what got us started and, made us feel part of the community of geocaching in the first place. Right. Yeah. Most of our events I would put in the category of meet and greet events, um, which is, is, you know, what we really like to do. And and honestly, because most of the events we're having are close to home and it's, it's, it's difficult to find real estate these days in Loveland, Colorado (laughs) to hide more geocaches. Yeah. yeah, So most of what we do are, are meet and greet, but we've even involved our daughters as well. Um, Our youngest mafia princess, she's nine. She has had a, a birthday event at Dunkin' Donuts where she made prizes and raffled them off. Our oldest, um, not British, who is almost 17, um, she has had a, an event at a dog park before where you bring your dog, dress them up, and get raffled off a, um, a trackable dog. Was it yeah, a dog tag dog or tag, dog yeah. collar? Yeah, oh, to cool. the best-dressed dog who came. Um, Jesse has coffee events every morning where – Every, every Monday. Sorry, not every morning. Not that every would be morning. a lot. Every morning. Every that's Monday. awesome. Yeah. Every yeah, Monday. Every Monday. Um, that's awesome. You know, uh, we really got, we loved events anyway, but we really started hosting more and more when Jesse was down a year ago after his hip replacements. And there, he, there, he just wasn't able to do a lot of caching. So for him to still connect with our caching community, we started having um, events at a lot of the local breweries here in town since Colorado is such a, a big microbrew state. Right. Um, right. So that allowed him to still be with his cash buddies and, and just hang out and have a good time, even though he wasn't able to hike the mountains or get out in the woods and, and do a lot of caching back then. That's a great idea. You know, uh, you took a sort of a disabling event. Well, I mean, you know what I mean? You're, uh, you're yeah. amb- you were not ambulatory a lot. But you had to, <laughs> so um, instead of going geocaching, you just you did an event. Or you could do very little. I guess you did a little mm-hmm. geocaching, but not nothing nothing serious. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and probably our favorite type of, or at least my favorite, I shouldn't speak for him, but one of my favorite types of events to hold is we um, plan events when we travel now. Um, yes. This was Jesse's idea um, when we went to Boston a few summers ago to have an event. And it, initially, I'll be honest, I thought it was ridiculous. And I'm like, oh. seriously, you're going to cut, you know, have my entire vacation covered up with geocache events. 
but we ended up hosting what we called a travel bug exchange for 20 minutes. We, we, I think it was supposed to be a 30 minute event in our hotel right. lobby in Rhode Island. We ended up spending three and a half hours with local <laughs> geocachers. We all had dinner together. They told us about all the great, amazing geocaches in the area to, to go find and gave us some, um, you know, great ideas for restaurants while we were right. in town. And it was, I mean, Jesse still talks to a lot of the guys that That's a lot neat. of the folks that we met there. And yeah. so now we try to do that whenever we go to a new place just to, um, you know, just to meet new people. And now we have connections all over this country and Canada too. Yeah. And we then Canada recently. So yeah, well, we, we had an event there. So it's, it's yeah. a lot of fun. Cause you guys went, um, when was that you guys went, was it earlier in the year you went April. to Seattle? April. April. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to do Seattle. So headquarters and we got to go up and meet land monkey up in Canada, right across the line. And you got to visit Oregon and yeah, mm-hmm. had fun all, all over the place. You had a, did you have an event in British Columbia then? We did. Yes. Okay. We had, had one, um, was that at our hotel? It was in our hotel lobby in downtown Vancouver. A Starbucks there. Mm-hmm. In a awesome. Starbucks. That's cool. Yeah. cool. It was about a dozen. Yeah, it was quite yeah, a few. About a dozen people that came out. Believe it or not, there was actually a local cashier in Vancouver who was originally from Memphis. So we oh. connected with him. So we awesome. chatted with him for a while, which small world. We, yes. we thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. And we've continued to chat with him mm-hmm. since then. That is so, awesome. Yeah. That is so neat. It's neat who you'll meet when you travel like that. And, and you're going to get that core group of cashers to come out. So yeah. every area has their little core group that shows right. up at everything. And that's who you get to meet. But we've also done more than meet and greet. Jesse has also hosted workshop events where he will, um, you know, have, have people interested in learning HTML so they can build their cache pages or learning how to build where it goes. He's done that yeah. quite a few times and had great response as well, just assisting people and sharing the knowledge he's learned um, over the years since we've been caching. Yeah. When yeah. you guys travel, do you do you try to contact the caching community ahead of time? Because when I went, I tried to use your idea when I went to Utah for a week to do some planetarium training. I thought, Oh, I'm going to do like they do. And I'm going to host an event. So I tried to contact the local caching community through their Facebook page or their Twitter page and tried to email some people. I was so disappointed. I got nothing. I was so disappointed because there was like three webcams in Salt Lake city. And Uh there's really cool, like cash series where if you did all of them, you could get a patch and, too far away you know for me because I didn't have a car mm. access to a car and I thought oh if I could just get in touch with somebody but <laughs> do, you, do you usually contact people first or you just set up the event and try to go from there well yeah and that's that's what we use Facebook a lot for <laughs> so uh, if we know we're going somewhere like when we we're going out to Seattle or going to Rhode Island or any of those other places probably about a month before I'll, I'll look on Facebook and find their local group and I'll start talking to them ahead of time and uh, do and it didn't seem like they I guess they may not be very active I don't know that's true it, it could depend on the area you know he's I mean you had an event where we used to live just outside Memphis and I think two people <laughs> showed yeah. up but then we had an event where did you have where the one that? when you went to Memphis uh, you had the event in Shreve was it in Shreveport and we had he had some folks who drove two hours to get to Shreveport because there weren't a lot of events hosted in that area and they right. wanted to go to one. So it could just depend on the area where you're go- going to be yeah, traveling. Absolutely. You know, when we were in Vancouver, um, Jesse reached out to land monkey um, who also has a podcast up in that area. And, you know, he was able to, to talk to his contacts. And I, I think he was probably responsible for us having such a good response. Yeah, he to spread the word before the we got there. So we were able to hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, Rhode Island, I think they just have a very, very active caching community. I don't even know. Did you talk to anyone before we yeah. did the, oh, you did? Okay. So, you know, we had great success there. So I think it kind of just depends on the area. And again, you know, just reaching out to the cashers in the community. Yeah. And it, it's always a risk when you go somewhere you don't know. Like I think on one of the shows, Land Sharks was talking about hosting, like when you go on uh, a cruise. Mm -hmm. So you definitely, you don't want to do anything where you're going to be backed up to the minute. Like we've always hosted ours in the middle of several days that we're there. So we know for a fact that we're going to be there. You wouldn't want to do it like the day you arrive. It's right. You're really cutting it close with that. Mm -hmm. You hate to not show up for your own event. That would be pretty rude. No, that would be bad. <laughs> well, we almost didn't show up for our own event, Rhode Island due to traffic in Boston. Yeah. That was scary. That was our very first one. We, we were close. <laughs> yeah. We were close on that one. Traffic in Boston is its own creature. Yes, it is. Oh, it's yeah, its, its own beast for sure. It is. It's crazy. Um, but you know, but you know, um, uh, Doc, I one of the I remember one of your events, and we still have not had an event and tried this, um, and I want to. But we watched one of your events on Periscope where you played two truths and a lie. I think it is, or oh, yeah. and I, <laughs> yeah, I keep telling Jesse every event. I'm like, I want to play that so bad because it sounded so <laughs> much fun. Truth, yeah. So I'm gonna steal your idea once, once uh, maybe after the first of the year. Yeah, that's that's, that's a pretty fun game. We did that at New Year's Eve. We had the event on new year's eve and the event on new year's and it was just kind of a neat in a lot of events around here the you know how i don't know if it's like this where you're at but the geocaching community kind of waxes and wanes it'll get really really popular and active for a while and then it kind of tapers off and and it had we had not really had a big event in a long time and that one had about 50 or 60 people at it i was shocked at how wow. many people were there and yeah, we played two lies and a truth where you write two down, lies. everybody writes down on a note card. No, it's two truths and a lie. Cause you put down two things that are true and one that's a lie and people have to figure out which one's a lie. Right. And yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and I yeah, fucked everybody out cause they all thought I was a rodeo queen. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I would have guessed no. that. I would have guessed it. <laughs> you know, our, our caching community stays pretty active here, um, especially up in, um, we're, we're involved with cashers throughout the state of Colorado, but more specifically with a group of cashers up in Northern Colorado. But I think part of the reason why it stays so active is, and we were not responsible for this, this was well before our time in geocaching, but we have a monthly dinner the second Tuesday of every month in Northern Colorado. It's been going on for years. The hundredth is coming up. The, the hundredth event of wow. that particular kind. And so um, one awesome. particular caster in the area kind of manages it in the sense that he organizes it and asks other casters to find a locale each month and, and kind of play host. And so we have anywhere from 40 to 60 people um, at those events. And I think that's kind of what keeps us so active in this area is these events. You get to see the friendly faces. When we first moved here, we didn't know anybody, and we showed up at one of these events, and these cashers here just really took us under their wing and became some of our best friends here in this area, and we are incredibly thankful for that. And, and I think the event is the backbone that keeps everyone so active here, which is, which is great. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, um, we were, we've all, the, the four of us, and obviously many, many others, have uh, been to events together um, in in Denver. In fact, uh, I didn't. I, I kind of regret it, but then I was so dead tired. But uh, Jesse had a a um, donut event during Geo Woodstock. Now, Deborah, did you get up really early and go to that yes. event? Yes, I did. You yes, did. I did. I was well, there. 
Well, good for yep. you. Yep. I I can't say I, I went to that one, but we went to a lot of uh, we did we did several events uh, during Geo Woodstock, and they were really great. Um, oh was, yeah, it was so fun seeing everybody, um, and I liked the fact that there was almost um, well the 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 beer tour. It's like the uh, I wonder if putting together events. If you could do, I mean, I'm sure you could if you just did a little t- little planning, but to do almost like a, um, almost like a tour type deal, maybe you could, you know, where you put together a series of events with, over the, over like a month, month period of time or something and uh, hit different, like down here, it might be barbecue restaurants or something, but they did a thing during Geo Woodstock is kind of neat where you go to, uh, they had a uh, an event at one of the breweries and you got a card and um, from that card you get, you could go, how many were on there, Jesse? Was there five? See, I think there were seven. Oh, seven. Yeah, okay. There were seven because they were tied into the lab caches. Okay. Right. But a neat idea, uh, putting those together the way that they were put together, I thought was cool. What was the event? And, and see, Jesse gets to do more than I do because I'm either out of town or working or doing something, you know, supporting the family. You know, exactly. Something like that. Yeah. But um, what was the event you did when you got like seven events in one day? They started having events at midnight. That was oh, recently, yeah. wasn't it? No. What was that? Was that Pi Day? It was uh, Pi Day. March 14th. It was Pi Day. So Pi Day this year, there were so, I mean, Pi, Pi Day events all over the state of Colorado. And Jesse and a few of the cashers up north decided they would see how many of those events they could make. And how many did you guys end up making? Seven. Seven in one day. Seven in one day. We had to drive all the way across the state to get it, but. They ate a lot of pie. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Drank a lot of coffee. (laughs) I mean, I think they went to events down in Denver, all the way you went to one in Cheyenne. Did you know? Yeah, Wyoming. Wyoming too. Yeah. So. So all all throughout the state, which was, which was kind of fun as well. I wish I had gotten, I had to work, so I couldn't do that one. But Uh, I was off. That was yeah during the time I was off. But yeah, uh, yeah. It was neat to go to that many events in one day, though. That was definitely different. Now, but that uh, is one thing that, that is interesting that we found. You uh-huh. know, we have a lot of events here in Colorado. But then yeah. we had found when we traveled to other parts of the, the country, some, some areas have tons of events. Some have none at all. So it definitely, yeah. like what you're saying, Doc, um, you know, you guys, it kind of waxes and wanes, I guess, there. Yeah. And there's not as many. So. We don't, we had the monthly dinner for the longest time, but even that's kind of stopped happening, which is a shame because when I first started caching, I didn't know anybody, you know, and, and the way I met a lot of the people that I now know was I went to my first event and everybody was friendly and, and, you know, you introduce yourself, but you know, it's, it's kind of a shame because what I'm seeing kind of happen is the newer people that are starting to cash don't really get plugged into the event scene as much. They're just out there, you know, doing whatever. But I will say I was pretty encouraged. um, The last event that Dana had, she had her um, GIF event over with Molly and, and fire. I saw the picture for that. Yeah. We had some new people um, come and actually one of them lives just not, you know, 10 miles from me and she drove all the way over to Clarksville to go to the event. So it was nice to meet some new people that way, but it just kind of makes me sad because I remember, you know, three or four years ago, there would be 15, 20, 30 people at a small event. And now we're lucky if we get four, 
you know, I'm hoping it'll kind of pick back up, but. You know, that's, that really is something I don't think that we, some of us have geocaching for a while. I think that we kind of forget that maybe we should do events at least quarterly, if not maybe monthly, but maybe, maybe monthly, but at least that much because you do connect not only with the people that you know, which is always fun, but mm-hmm. you are going to get people who are, or you hope that you can, you get people come that haven't been to an event, haven't geocached long. And the only way to, the only way, you know, people complain about logs and they complain about quality of geocaches. Well, they're not going to be able to, to the only way you're, they're going to get any better is if we, if we sort of in a sense train or at least communicate with uh, these folks that are, are new to the, new to the sport. So, and I liked, uh, you know, what Jesse said, Je- um, talk a little bit, if you would, about uh, a little bit more about the workshops. What are, what are you, what are your goals doing those and what, what kind of responses have you gotten on those? We've done, we've only done two different types. Um, one was uh, an HTML workshop. So pretty basic HTML code for the page. You know, when you publish a cache or an event, you can go into the code and, and write your own code and make it look a little nicer. Um, and it's, it is somewhat limited what you can put on the page, but there's quite a bit you can do. Oh yeah. Um, and it really kind of dresses up the, the caches quite a bit. And there's a lot of things you can do, even if you're not too worried about how neat they look and you want to put a few pictures on there. Um, the group that showed up for our event, when we did the HTML one, they were interested in like hiding white text on the page and a few other things you could do if you just do a little bit of HTML code, you can really make puzzles a lot more fun. Yeah, that's important to 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 learn a little bit about how to do that, to, to do a, a different type of puzzle than what maybe some people are used to. The other workshop, we've done a couple of those. The only other workshop we've really done, and across the state they do a lot of other workshops around, but the ones we've done is just teaching people how to build where goes. Right. And I think Shermanator just did one or has got one coming up too. But um, that's an interesting workshop to do, and and events are interesting. So you have games that you can play at events with certain size people, certain size groups of people. Right. Workshops are kind of like that too. So for a where I go workshop, if you just have one person there that's teaching, and you have more than six or seven people, it gets overwhelming real quick. So you got to have as many people as you can to help you, because a lot of them are coming from you know starting from scratch. Yeah. So you're trying to teach them how to build a where I go from scratch and. We've tried those and we had some templates for them to take home with them. And, you know, they could have walked out and, and published one that night if they wanted to. Right. Um, but as all of us are as geocachers, they get in there and, and instead of going with a basic one, they want to come up with a, a crazy complicated one from the very beginning. <laughs> there was right. all kinds of creative ideas. And I did see after our event, uh, uh, both of them, that some of the where goes did show up from people that had never published them before. They were at oh, the event. So that was pretty neat. Yeah. Cool. You know, the more where it goes when you get out there, the the better because I, it is an item that there's me and another guy and probably f- all of Northeast Texas. There's probably two people doing it, and I know and me and and Don uh, Zunkai, he's put together a couple. I learned from him, and I think that's the only way nowadays you really can do it is really to have somebody teach you, or you need to have some information about you know, how to make them. But it I, is, but anywhere in the area, if somebody puts out where I goes and you've never done one before, you can almost definitely contact them and say, Hey, I'd like to learn how to do this. And they'd yes. be more than happy. 
That's true. Yeah. yeah. I contacted really? a guy in Colorado mm-hmm. or before I, before I knew you guys and I contacted a guy in California and he went through and he, he set up a, a test demo for me locally. And mm-hmm. I mean, he really, it's that reverse where I go, which is really cool. Yeah. It's um, we've done some like that. We built some of those for some people out here. And um, the reason why they'll be so motivated, just in case anybody's wondering is the same trap that I fell into. Um, I started putting them out and then I was putting more out and then I quickly realized everybody else could go get where it goes, but I couldn't. So right. all over the town. <laughs> I conned a buddy that as a matter of fact, he's in the chat room. I conned a buddy and start doing it too. So now he puts them out as well. And uh, now you have others that you can go and actually find. So people that build where it goes will almost always be happy to teach somebody else how to do it because they can go find them. Very much so. Yes. And, and you know, it- just, yeah, and just right. outside where it goes, I think the education piece um, factoring into events is so important. I know that the state um, state group here for Colorado, Geocaching Colorado, you know, they host a lot of just strictly informational events for new cachers, just talking about the responsibilities of caching and, you know, what not to do and what to do and how you can make caching more fun, And which I, I think – especially those of us who are experienced cashers, I feel like we owe a responsibility to the new folks who are coming in, um, you know, to kind of teach them the, the ways to make it more fun and, and things not to do so that you don't end up on the news with the bomb squad and, you know, right, things exactly. like that. Um, you know, and, and that group does a really good job of, of using events in that way to, to teach new newcomers about, about caching. Right. Yeah, we have a group in Northwest Arkansas that does the same thing. They do caching 101 or caching college yes, or yeah. something like mm-hmm. that. And they usually get a lot of new people come in and ask questions because they don't really have anywhere to go. I mean, you can read the web page and you can watch the videos, but there's some things you just have to learn through hard knocks, you know, and, and I think those of us who've done it you know, can say, Hey, you know, maybe you want to think about this. Maybe you don't want to do that. Or the crazy lady in the house knows the cash is there. She's going to chase people away. (laughs) (laughs) And there's, and there's other, there's other things too. Even if you're an experienced cashier and we're slowly starting to get into, I guess, moderate, we don't consider ourselves brand new anymore, but there's so many experienced cashers around here. I definitely don't put ourselves into that group. Mm -hmm. Um, but so even if you've been cashing for a long time, you may never put out a where I go or um, one of the other ones that we've done recently is mob. We haven't done a workshop on it, but it's something new we've encountered like mob caches. So you have to gather a bunch of people. Yes, that's very interesting. Um, and then uh, intercache, that's another one. Yeah. It, it, mob caches is, is mob cache and intercache or are they both, are they separate? They're made by the same guy. So the okay. mob cache um, and they're, they're, they're everywhere and the reviewers know about them. There's nothing, there's nothing tricky about them. They're, they're okay. Um, they're both made by the same guy, but they're different websites that you go to. Um, and of course the mob cash for anybody that doesn't know, you have to gather a certain number of people set by the cash owner together inside the radius, all with smartphones that are on the internet. So like if you set it at five, five people from an event or that are just out cashing together, if they gather together, then it'll unlock and you get to the next stage or whatever information you give them. So it's a pretty neat way to, to kind of force people to cash together too, I guess. That's true. Yeah. And I guess you could set them. I mean, you could go crazy, I guess on some of them, right? You could get, you could force, force like 30 people to get together and. You can, if your reviewer would allow that. You can. Oh, that's true. That. I guess you have, so. to get, you have to get approval for that one. But yeah, but that's a, that's a really cool idea. You know, that's something that, 
there's <clears throat> I don't know if any of them have ever been around here. That's a whole other page of uh, yeah. Uh, Go ahead, Deborah. You gonna say? Well, I was just gonna say, yeah, we don't have anything like that around here either. So, <laughs> you could make the first one. Yes. I could. You yes, could be I the could. first person. That's right. Time, I'll get on that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Between all of the decorating and fudge making and and oh, I make and saving animals and all that. Yes. Stuff. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, um, and so, inner caches are also made by the same guy. And it's a different website, but they're kind of like a different version of a where I go. So they're multi-stage, and you can you can really set the parameters on those how you want. The interesting thing is you can also add in video and audio for oh, those as well. Yes. Okay. Cool. So you can definitely do some more stuff. Now they don't have everything that Where I Go has, but they do have some different things. So you can make those multis if multis are popular in your area, and um, they're kind of all the stages would could be virtual until you get to the final. So sure. maintenance is different, but they're new, and anybody that hasn't tried one or hasn't put one out they generally want to talk to somebody else that's done it so it's just you know you don't have to have a full workshop event for it but it's good to have that mentor relationship or somebody that you can reach out to and and talk to which you can do at events so right no that's a it's a perfect perfect um perfect option for an event definitely is something like that i think so um deborah do you do um what are some events that you either have been to or have done? Do you do you do a trail ride? Uh, well, event? we're talking about trying to organize a, okay. a, a trail ride this year um, because there's a set of horse trails not far from here. And my friend Pink Hitch that I geocache yes. with all the time, we're both horse people too. Who both came to, you and her came to my event last year. And we're talking about trying to organize a, kind of like a combination Let's find these geocaches and poker run type. Yeah. Right, up at the Moccasin Gap horse trails. Um, so we quite haven't quite figured out, you know, there's not that many people that ride horses and geocache. So I think we're going to have to just make it, you can either hike or you can ride or whatever. Yeah, but, um, but, you know, I think that that would be fun because it would bring people out to an area that, those caches don't get hit very often up there. You know, you around here and it's probably like this where you are, there's a certain group of people that when a new cache gets put out, every these, these, how many ever people will go and find it. Yep. And then that cache might sit there for two years yep. and not get found. We have, we have that exact thing. Uh, I put a cache out a couple of weeks ago. Only one person's found it is because it's an FTF. And then since the, from there, now if that person hadn't have found it, there's probably a dozen other people around that would have gone and found it. But now that it's just, it'd be, they would be second to find, they just put it on the back burner. So it's just fine. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just sad that we don't, we don't have the, we don't have a very active as, or as active as I think wish we did around here. I would give anything if there would be some new caches published around. <laughs> that you did <laughs> not do on not. your own. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I actually deactivated all of mine. I got really mad about a month ago because <laughs> someone stole all mine. Yeah, I was going out to do cash maintenance, and and what really tripped my switch was not only did they steal them, they went over into my horse pasture, and that is the cardinal sin. You don't do that. So I thought, okay, I won't say what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> 
And I just went, I went home and I deactivated all my caches, which is a shame because they were nice ones. They were like regular size. I had used horse mineral buckets that were like eight quart buckets and I had stuffed them full of all kinds of stuff. And, you know, so I hope whoever that took them enjoys the stuff, but I was, I was pretty hot. And so I'll probably get over it eventually and hide another one. But right now I've got my over that. So, yeah, we have, we really have, we have some of those issues down here too. Uh, I've more than once I've walked up to one of mine and it'd be, it tends to be, they don't, they don't take them. They usually just open them up and destroy them right there. Right. So and that, that would make me even matter. So I'm collecting pieces. So I usually just, when I go out to do cash maintenance, I take a bag with me because they're usually all destroyed. No. So no, that's yeah, it's a very shame. Sad. Yeah. But we just, I just keep going and, you know, but um, speaking of picking up <laughs> my trash uh, <laughs> from my destroyed cash, Cito's. Uh, Cito's, I think, are a great way to have an event and I need to have one. I've, I've done many kinds, but uh, talk a little bit. Uh, Jesse, have, have y'all, is that an event type that y'all have done before? Yeah, we've done four of them. Okay. Um, a couple different types of CEDOs actually. And CEDOs are pretty big here. So our state group is big about putting out CEDOs. Right. We've only done the few ourselves, but um the first one we did, we kind of did an easy one. I, I don't remember how it happened, but I think I was actually asked to do a CEDO at a park uh, oh, okay. by a ranger. So I, t- I was talking to him about geocaching and oh, yeah. they said, hey, we have, you know, we need to clean up every year, but we can never get anybody to come help. I said, well, just so happens yeah, we <laughs> that can geocachers that. will come and show up for that. Exactly. And we did. We had a lot of people show up. Um, I don't even, 25, 30 people. Yeah, it was a lot of people lot. show up. So it was a local park around a lake. and. Um, it was a great one and uh, people showed up for that one. So that was our first one. And that was kind of a give me, it was kind of all packaged for us and the park was there and ready. And um, after that we did, you've done a couple of hiking trails. Yeah. So, well, just one though, right? Or two, we did two. a think you couple did of hiking CEDOs. Uh, well, let me, Good idea. technically not hiking CEDOs. So you can't have a moving event because that oh, would be, Oh, that's cool. true. So the way and I talked to the reviewers about it and we made sure because we want to do everything above board. Um, we cleaned the parking lot and the trail. So the way to get that done is we had people, somebody that didn't want to go up the trail that day. Um, <laughs> we pointed it. stayed. We, yeah. Calling her out me. like that. I know. I, I'm not, I'm just randomly pointing. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, no, she, no, it was really, really cold. So, oh, uh, I don't blame no, her. but, but we had to have somebody in the parking lot for when people came and left, you know, over right. a couple hours span. And then the other group could go up and clean the trails. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, that worked out pretty well. And we've it was, done that twice. We've done that twice. Mm-hmm. Um, they can be hard to organize when you're doing that because you have to have separate groups, get permissions, because these are all national parks and stuff, so you have to, or state parks. So you have to get permission just like you would with any event. But it just goes through a little more when you're asking them to clean yeah. up trails. Sure. And then the state, the state group here, actually, I'm not sure if they're still doing it, but I know one year they actually adopted a stretch of highway. And so would have quarterly CEDOs to clean up that stretch of highway through adopt a highway, which was a great way. If you, if you have a very active um, or and larger group in your state is a great way to kind of have ready-made CEDOs, you know, quarterly and and put something back into the community as well. Give something back. That's a great idea. 
Yes. See, we have a state program here called Keep Arkansas Beautiful, and twice mm-hmm. a year they do the Great Arkansas Cleanup. And if you piggyback your CETO off them, they'll send you free T-shirts and trash bags and gloves and a a big sign and everything. And it turns out that our local reviewer's daughter is in charge of that program. It works out great. So it works out perfectly. But we had one at, um, or I put one on at a Corps of Engineers park that, well, it used to be Corps of Engineers and that they let the park go. They just maintained the boat dock. But this little town, this little bitty town called Knoxville Park. And I contacted the mayor of Knoxville and he was so excited. He drove a dump truck down there himself so that we would have a place to put our (laughs) trash. And we, you know, there was like 15 of us that showed up and we, we kind of did what you did. I stayed in the parking lot and then people went out on the trail system because there's a lot of really old geocaches on that trail system. And so we went out on the trail system and picked up trash and we ended up picking up, you know, between the 15 people, they got about 30 bags of trash. So it, it was That's pretty nice. Great. Yeah. And it's right on the Arkansas river and we'd had some high water. So a lot of it had kind of gotten into the, you know, the water line or above the water line. Right. And um, that worked out really well, but we were able to piggyback off that program and get all this stuff donated. And so that, and then we got, and that benefits them too, because we can record how many hours we had and they get given to them mm-hmm. for the volunteer hours. So that oh, was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, that's true. That's a good, that is a good idea. Well, um, <clears throat> one thing that of course turned out it was a, one of the things we did this year event wise was related to uh, the, the duck uh, trackable race. So have you guys ever put on a travel bug race, either Deborah or, or <laughs> Memphis? Have y'all ever done that? We did. Yeah, we, we did that. Um, the, we did it two years in a row and the second year in a row, it was a lot of hard work, but um, the first year in a first year we did it, we had a lot of success. Uh, we had, Oh my gosh, about, 30, 40 travel bugs that went wow, out. And then awesome. I would track them every month and put out a monthly newsletter to everybody involved and say, this is where your trackable is. And this is, and then just kind of put some cool stories and tidbits, but we had to kind of retire that event cause it was so much work and we just got <laughs> too busy to do it, but it, it was a lot of fun. We actually had um, an event after a year, it was a year long travel race and we had an event at the end of that year and gave out oh, prizes yeah. to the winners and, but um, it, it was fun. It was just, it was a lot of work, but it was, it was a good time though. It was, we, a lot of times we will, we don't really do a, an event, but we will just kind of do a travel bug race amongst the four of us, amongst yeah. our little geocaching family and send trackables out to see who can make it to, like we did one to see who could make it to Memphis first. And right. I don't think anybody's made it yet. Um, no. Yeah. But the, the, but the travel bug races, they're fun. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I would just suggest that you have a helper. So oh, it's I not bet. just you doing all the work because well, it was, it was a lot of work. Now, how did you do, or let me, let's see, how did you do it? And how do would you suggest others do the travel bug race? Should you have the travel bugs? Um, if, and, and again, this is based on not just doing a travel bug, but like actually trying to create maybe two events before a beginning and end, two different events for this. Would you suggest, uh, how would you suggest the travel bugs go? Should they go the furthest or uh, should they, should you have everybody take them as far as they can or uh, how to put it? How, what are we, some, we, some, we, have, 
Yeah, we had probably 10 different categories. Um, oh, okay. First of all, we had an event, so we gathered all the travel bugs. And then we have a cashier here who has a pretty large size travel bug hotel in downtown Denver. So that's pretty central. So we put all of the travel bugs there so they launched from the same place. So everyone oh. got a fair start. And then we had about 10 different categories. So we, we gave out a prize for the travel bug that went missing first. We gave out a prize for the one that traveled the most. Yeah, that traveled the most miles at the end of the year. One that went to the most countries. And then we had had a, some cool ones since we're from Memphis. We had a prize for the travel bug that made it to Memphis first. Cool. Um, yeah, and I can't remember all of the other categories. There were several different but, ones. The first one to leave the country, and the first one to hit certain states. We picked certain states. First one to get to headquarters. That was oh, one yeah, of our prizes. Oh, that's cool. Yep, a lot of them go so, there. Yeah, so my suggestion would be if you're going to have one and you have a lot of people in it and a bunch of goals like that, get a group because the the cost of prizes, so that came out of our pocket, so the cost of prizes starts to total up pretty quick. Um, and so the cost of prizes total up, the amount of work that you're doing totals up, and then by the end of a year, like we did, some of the people in the race that maybe even got prizes were not interested any longer. Oh, no. So you've got prizes with people's names inscribed in them and they don't care. Oh, so it was Lord. a year is a long time. I would say set it maybe shorter months, period of time, months, yeah. maybe and maybe have a group of people that agree to work together on it to get it. But it was still fun. It was still. Oh, it was time. a lot of fun because you know we we're connecting with people, and we'd go to a a monthly dinner event, and somebody would talk about their race, their racer, yeah. in the, and it was so that was pretty neat. But it got overwhelming. Oh yeah. Well, uh, I have one. Uh, it's in the the Geo Gearheads did a, a travel bug race. They all started somewhere up in, near uh, where um, Chris in the Northwest is. And uh, it's just funny because it's a whole other topic, but some people don't, don't, um, don't realize that travel bugs are about as ficky, about as fickle as, as uh, anything because they mm -hmm. may go somewhere. They may sit and never go anywhere. It's, it's uh, we, we had, I think about three um, travel bugs in that race of, of 35, 40 that never left the state of Colorado. <laughs> you know, they, they just, yeah, someone would say, oh, I'm going to take it up to the top of this mountain. Well, then it would, winter would come. And so of right. course no one's going there to get it. You know, and then we had some that were moving. I mean, within 24 hours, they were out of state. So yeah, the, the guy who actually won our travel bug race, um, Someone who was a flight attendant got a hold got a hold of it and so, took oh, it. Wow. so they had. I mean, I think it was five hundred and something thousand miles on it after the oh, end of a year. Goodness. That is awesome. They were international flights, so they were flying yeah. back and forth, <laughs> and they would stop and drop it in different countries. Visit, it was visit, he was visit blowing everybody that. away. I mean, he went in close. <laughs> That's incredible. And one thing we did do. This was a lot of work, but I thought this was a lot of fun. We would do a mystery goal every month. Um, so, for instance, like. Um, for Super New Year's, yeah, like, like for New Year's, the first travel bug to check in to a New Year's event um, got a prize. Um, during the Super Bowl, the, any any of the any travel bug that went to the city where the Super Bowl were, was held or the city for the two teams that were in the Super Bowl oh, got wow. a prize. Cool. You know, so that was fun. I loved it. That was hard. It was very difficult. Me going back through every single log oh, on those travel gosh. bugs, figuring yes. out who won what. But it was wow. still really really cool. If you're going to do one that's just a race, like um, a race from one location to the next, the first one to get there, that's a lot that's easier easy. to track and yeah. people are going to watch sure. it and, you know, our sure. first, second, third or whatever. And those are pretty fun too because especially if it's a short period of time and not a year, 
People yeah. are really intensely watching their racers, mm -hmm. and we'll talk about it at events and everything else. So that's a pretty fun way to do it. Yeah. But you just have to be prepared that some of them are going to go missing. It's just part all, of it. All of them, all of them. I've never had one make it anywhere. <laughs> I, yep. I hate them. I will never do them. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, now, Deborah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put one together. I think I still have a tag around here. And I'm going to put a mission. I'm going to make it go to you. Although, I don't know well, what caches are near I you. I had so. one. I had Susan that sometimes shows up on the podcast, White Daisies. Yes. She was trying to get one to me last year. Right. He made it to Virginia and he disappeared. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My duck, my duck made it to one cache. It made it to one cache and it went away. Yeah. I just, I would rather have my eyes clawed out. Than try to, <laughs> to do another right. trackable. Yeah, we've been donated enough to the universe. Yeah. <laughs> we've been we've been lucky with ours, um, but we, yeah, we've had some that go missing. But then we also try to move them a lot too. When we were in Seattle in April at headquarters, we found um, one in there in the trackable yeah, chest pile. thing they had, <laughs> right. and its goal was to make it to Joshua. Um, oh, that's so, right. Yeah, so we're like, we're gonna see him in July at Jill Woodstock. <laughs> so we held on to it for three right. months. And, and gave it to him at Woodstock, you know, just so it, it could get awesome. its goal. Yeah. That's right. Well, and I have two that I just, well, I picked up about three weeks ago. You were talking about people putting them up on top of a mountain. Well, mm -hmm. these people had taken them to the Richland Creek Wilderness area and dropped them in these caches. And two of them weren't even registered in the cache. They were somewhere else, right. supposedly. And yeah. I found these two trackables in the middle of the wilderness area in this geocache that hadn't been found in almost a year. Contacted. I, I posted, yeah. I logged them and the owners both contacted me and said, are you serious? We you're thought it was gone. I'm like, still no. Alive? That's awesome. Maybe karma will bring my duck back. Yes. <laughs> so doc, there's one thing, one thing to remember about uh, trackables and going missing and everything else. Even if they go missing and they're gone for a long time, you still own the number. So you can yeah. always yeah. put out a replacement. I don't Rescue. know if you've done that yeah. or not. I've done that. Yeah. I've done yeah, I have done that in the past. I'm just that. Well, actually, my little guy right here that I found, I, I have him with my geocaching tree. I found yeah. him on the side of the road last year. That is crazy. And I, t I, I, I recycled one of my numbers and put That's on him, idea. but he's not. He's not going he anywhere. stays with me. No. No. That's okay. Well, it's like a geocoin. We all own geocoins that. Oh, they're, yes. They're not going anywhere. They're trackable, but. Oh, no, I wouldn't send a geocoin out for anything. No, no. Yeah. What's funny is I've, I've actually found a coin and moved it, you know, but this is we actually, have we have too. Oh, me too, yeah. This is like 10 years ago, though, so, I mean, I don't know if they're still. Oh, no, oh I yeah. I mean, I found them recently and moved w them, oh, and I actually good. took some to Chicago, you know, not too terribly long ago. These were originals. These were not, the, you know, how you can do the. The proxies. Do the proxies, yeah, the, which is kind of a neat idea. A lot of times you can get a proxy to go with it. Yeah. But, uh, um, but okay. So, so lastly, let's talk, uh, since this is a holiday, the holidays. Naughty. Um, <laughs> what are some, uh, let me turn it the right way. Okay. Um, events, events during the holidays. What are some things we can do either around Christmas or around new year's Eve or new year's day um, to kind of incorporate, the holidays into an event. 
So, and I think Doc mentioned a New Year's Eve party, a New Year's Eve event. We've done those as well. And our state group always does a Christmas event, which is pretty fun. And it's, it's pretty large. Cool. Uh, here's something we've never done, but I suggested to Jesse that we do it next year. Cause I heard Doc talk about it on the previous hour. Not everyone has family around for the holidays. Sometimes your geocaching friends are your family. So we've talked about, you know, we live out here in Colorado by ourselves, our family, Jesse's mom is here, but that that's it. Right. All of our family is back in Tennessee. So we talked about maybe for Thanksgiving next year doing a geocaching Friendsgiving just to kind of invite people <laughs> over our cool. house for dinner yeah. because, you know, not everyone has these. Not Holidays aren't always, um, you know, it's not always something people look forward to because maybe they don't have family around anymore. So, you know, right. it, it doesn't have to just be about family. It can be about your friends because those, those people are your family. And I consider the geocachers here a part of our family, and we have some great friends. So that would be a great way to incorporate the holidays into geocaching. When, and looking back, I, I pulled up stats and looked at them before we started our show. Uh, yeah. And it turns out that we actually do spend the holidays already with geocachers. Because I was looking at the <laughs> holidays, and there's a, there's a Halloween event that happens here every year. I think they're on like 9, 10, Down 11. in Colorado Springs called yeah. Frightened Falcon. That's an amazing event. They, they build a haunted house and um, have all of the geocache, geocachers out, and it's, it's pretty exciting. Oh, yeah. It's a scary maze mm -hmm. to go through. And, um, okay. there's I, would always like to, yeah. I would like to do a Christmas event. Maybe not mm -hmm. this. I mean, I'm out of time for this year, but next year I want to do one and have people do like an angel tree donation, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. something like that. I think that that would be good. You know how they have that Festivus, I guess that started on yes. Seinfeld, yeah. which is a show oh, that yeah. I never watched, but <laughs> I think it would be cool to, to do that, you know, where you just said, okay, everybody bring, you know, an item appropriate for this age of a person and then we could make a donation to somebody, yep. you know, so. Well, or to the of, local dog rescue. <laughs> yes. Well, and if you're talking about holidays too and, and kind of setting up for the next year, uh, New Year's Day is a great time to have an event and just people that are off go out and start cashing and start that new year off cashing with your friends and, you know, getting some, some fines in already from the first day. Especially New Year's because not, you know, not everyone celebrates Christmas. I mean, but everybody's celebrating the beginning of a new year. So that would really be um, a cool one. And, and that's when you're, you know, if you are, if you do celebrate Christmas, you're probably tired of your family by then anyway. So it would be really good <laughs> to get together with your geocaching friends. Yeah. Well, and a lot of your parks will have what are called the first day hikes where mm -hmm. the first, the first day of the year they have a, they have a hike. And so you can somehow piggyback off of that. Right. Speaking of Sydney, hello. Uh, <laughs> there is Sydney. Um, I think my dogs are telling me it's dinner time. <laughs> I know, well, yeah, I know we're coming up in the next hour, but I don't know if you did. You hear Sydney? We were we you're, uh, we were we talked about you uh, earlier in the show. You did? Yes, we did. Yeah. I, I I might have heard. I don't know. I've been doing a lot. <laughs> did you? Uh, did you or did you not? No, we we were talking about events. Uh huh. Um, now, what was it we were we were talking about? Uh, the where it goes. Yeah. Yes. Did you end up doing yeah. that? So I was asked. Someone else was hosts like a monthly, uh, like kind of workshop event, and so yeah. I was asked to talk about where I goes, and so I had Memphis help me out with that a little bit Yay. with some templates and stuff. So. So how did how do overall do you think that that went? Did you enjoy? Um. Well, a big part of my caching community is like older retired folks okay. and so i think 
it was a little hard because most of their first question was, okay, so what's a where I go? Well, hey, but you, and, you, you've brought them a little further along. You know? Yeah, so I'm hoping maybe one person will make one, but I'm not sure many more than that will, but we'll see. Hey, one is success, though. That's yeah. still one more than you had. Yep, that's true. And you got, you got credit for going to an event. Yep. There you go. Something we... <laughs> We didn't really get into a lot of the, again, the, the rules for events. There's, they're out there. Make sure you go read them. Um, there's, they're, um, you know, they're, they're, it's not a long list. It's not a long lengthy, uh, item or, or, uh, rules, but there are some rules now, uh, to, to wrap up, um, is there a rule where can you, can you create an event that goes over, I think people do this. Well, it goes from New Year's Eve to New Year's Day, like crosses over midnight, or can you not? Yeah, you could, but it would just be one event. So you couldn't back right. them up together. Oh, okay. That's it. Yeah, yeah. You can't stack. There's not real strict rules, but the, the uh, reviewers can tell you the proximity. They don't want you stacking events okay. or making them right next door to each other just to get a bunch of events. So there are some proximity type rules with that. Okay, mm-hmm. good. So make sure you, everybody read the rules. Well, um, we are wrapping up. Hour number four. So let me <laughs> let me do that. So um, thank you guys. Uh, thank you, Deborah, for being on for a couple hours. That was wonderful. Uh, and Jesse and Christy, uh, thank you for being on this hour. And we're going to see you guys at eleven o'clock tonight. They're going to wrap up the <laughs> whole evening, um, and they're going to be back on. So we're going to see you guys uh, a little in a little while. So. Well, we hope you enjoyed hour number four. Please email me your comments at geocachetalk at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at geocachetalk and Facebook at facebook.com slash geocachetalk. Show can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, as well as the Geocache Talk website. Don't forget to click on that subscribe button down there because um, I'm, I picked up a few, but uh, definitely uh, click the subscribe button and that way you can see and hear the show on a weekly basis and you get reminded that the show is on so and anyway until next hour which will be here in a moment don't just talk about geocaching or going to an event uh, do what deborah jesse and christy do and that is go geocaching so we will be back in a couple minutes so next hour so bye bye, bye. you bet Say